Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guests are Cara Wenham and Dominic Bridge. Cara was first introduced to tango in 2000, coming from a professional background in acting and theater. She has taught all around the globe and has spent many years living in Buenos Aires and is now based out of Berlin, Germany. Dominic specializes in social tango dancing. He's been a full-time tango dancer since 2007, and he's also taught and performed internationally. He is the founder of PDX Tango in his home city of Portland, Oregon. And as of this recording in the fall of 2017, Cara and Dominic have only recently begun working together professionally, so we're catching them at a very exciting time. Okay, and with me now are Cara Wenham and Dominic Bridge. Cara and Dominic, thank you so much for taking the time to to be on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right, so just to get right into it, can you describe the moment or moments, maybe there was more than one, um, when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Um, let's see. When I knew that I wanted it to be a big part of my life, I had... Um, gone down to Los Angeles to visit my father mm. and he introduced uh, he introduced it to me and I went back to Chicago at the time and took my first um, took my first class but it was really going to the milonga and that night yeah. there was the entire <laughs> cast of forever tango that walked oh, wow. in and I had no idea what any of it was just a whole bunch of sleek looking cats with gel <laughs> back hair and and I just and the music, it was seemed like so otherworldly, and it just brought me in um, completely. And this was a, a milonga in a space in the middle of nowhere, on the mm. Northeast Highway in Chicago. I mean, you wow. had to take two subways, two buses on a freezing Chicago winter night to get there, <laughs> asking yourself why you're doing it. And that was really... That was really a pivotal moment, I guess. And I said, okay, this is something I really want to know more about. Okay. Uh, for me, let's see, I started... Uh, my, I went to my first milonga senior year of, senior year of high school and then um, signed up for an Argentine tango class at the University of Oregon in Eugene. And about after the third week, I saw sort of a future of me teaching and performing and had a whole dream about it. And um, so for me, it started like as soon as the classes started going and I realized what tango was and mm-hmm. yeah. So, so Dominic, you went to a milonga first then. Yeah. Okay, so did you try dancing at that milonga? I did. Um, a friend of mine who was a ballet dancer, <laughs> I did try. Okay. <laughs> um, a friend of mine who was a ballet dancer invited me to go out to this milonga, and we did the pre-milonga class, and uh, so we got to rotate with the people in the class. So I met a few people, and it was pretty fun and interesting and I danced a little bit during the milonga and then kind of cut out early what was that like your very first milonga experience I remember being very nervous because I had never danced before and I kind of never thought that it was something that I could do mm-hmm. um, I was pretty big into sports in high school 
and dancing was just like not on my radar at all. <laughs> but I, you know, my, my friend dragged me out there because I, I had a big crush on her and I didn't even really realize what mm. I was getting myself into. Cause I was just like, sure, I'll go wherever you say. Aww. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and then I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to dance. Mm. But, uh, the, uh, the, the instructors were really, really nice, very, uh, friendly and kind of mm-hmm. led a soft beginning. And most of it was about just finding the rhythm and that wasn't too hard for me. So mm-hmm. it started out okay okay good how about you Kara? your very first milonga experience um that was the one i told you about was my first milonga experience okay did you Um, try dancing that night you know some man came to the table and asked me to dance and i it was uh, you know like just terrorifico no like just just (laughs) horrifying mortification and i i he wouldn't let me say no so he dragged me out and my Mm -hmm. boyfriend at that time was with me and was like okay you're on your own and i don't know i have no idea i just sort Mm -hmm. of pretended to shuffle around but um but yeah it wasn't Mm -hmm. as bad as i thought but of course i wasn't yeah, I wasn't really dancing tango, but it was that was what it was. That was the first night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. So uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, they're they're new to tango or, or they're uh, still relative novices. Mm-hmm. They're just starting to come to malangas. They're still a little bit nervous. What kind of advice would you give those listeners on um, maybe tips or tricks or things that they can do, strategies that would help, would help make that those first few Milonga experiences more enjoyable? I would say that they go understanding that the experience is not just about dancing, though mm-hmm. of course it's a big part, that they watch, that they observe, that if they dance, great. Um, if they're not feeling good, they can also stop, but that it's a whole process mm-hmm. of it, meeting everybody, getting to know the people, not going and saying, I'm not going to dance, but maybe also not going saying, I have to dance. Mm-hmm. And just taking the entire experience as part of a learning learning curve and um, the milonga is an education, the classes mm-hmm. are an education, the workshops are, you know, going to Buenos Aires is an education. So if going to the milonga is part of the education, then the whole experience of it mm-hmm. is useful. And as we get better, especially for the guys, which is more difficult at the beginning, as they get better, then, then they can you know, dance more and more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'd say, um, Find like what I did, going to a milonga that has a reputation for, for bringing in new beginners, mm-hmm. um, and and going somewhere where you can go to a pre milonga class before the rest of the dancers show up, mm-hmm. because that will give you the chance to rotate, meet people who are, um, you know, like minded and nervous and new to the dance and, um, and those people you can dance with during the night if mm. you if you have the courage to to, okay. to stay after the class. Mm-hmm. But also going with a group of friends um, right. is, makes it a lot more fun too. Mm-hmm. So you just have someone to, yeah. you know, look at from across the room and be like, is this really happening? Yeah. <laughs> you have to have certain We're courage dancing to go to Milonga alone at the beginning. No, I mean, yeah. and mm-hmm. no, always finding a friend to go or later, later when you know everybody, it's mm-hmm. easier. But at the beginning, I mean, going it alone, I think that's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go with a partner, but you know, just, you know. Right. Yeah, some yeah. friends right yeah yeah i kind of want to change gears to your learning experiences so i know you've probably trained with many teachers many dancers what's some really memorable advice that stuck with you throughout throughout the years i'm sure there's probably a lot of examples but can you think of any off the top of your head 
you talking technique-wise? Or just anything. Any aspect of technique, it? philosophy, right. anything. Could have been just some a, a word that they said or a sentence. But <laughs> <laughs> um, this is actually kind of funny. But one thing that I remember is one of my one of my earlier teachers. He would always tell me, uh, "Do it like a man." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it was kind of interesting. So I was kind of like, OK, like, what does that really mean? You know, like, oh, you know, I need to be more, uh, you know, stand more tall or be more proud or 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 move with more confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, that's what I translated it into. And uh, and those adjectives helped me to, you know, do something better to be more comprehensible in mm -hmm. what I was leading. Um, but that was <laughs> that was one of the things that stuck out because I got that a lot. Like, oh, just like I, I'm not able to really do this. And he's like, well, just just do it like a man. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay. Like, you know, I was 18, so you trying to figure. Out. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What does that even mean? I think um, a couple of things come to mind. One is dance with the person that's in front of you. Mm. And I think when we learn as, as dancers so much about technique and this and about the embrace or whatever, it's, we start to want to dance with an ideal and that is never the case, mm -hmm. right? We have another human being with their own plight and their own <laughs> issues and right. their own history and their body and their minds. And I think that's really was helpful for me to accept the person in front of me and myself and to dance with what there is. Mm -hmm. This person's changing my weight in such and such way, embracing me in such and such way, mm -hmm. and I'm responding to that and not responding to an idea that I have. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I would say is um, that the embrace can many can be many things, mm -hmm. um, but it can't be a jail. Yeah. And that's something that Olga Mesio said, who I, I admire tremendously as a teacher. And, um, and yeah, it can be many things, but we can't feel stuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Good, good. So now uh, kind of switching gears to, to teaching, can you describe your journey from student to instructor? How did that happen? My experience was very gradual, mm -hmm. um, but started pretty immediately because uh, the first class that I, I took at the university was a 10 week long class. Mm -hmm. And after I finished that, the instructors asked me to come back to assist in the class. Oh, okay. And so there I was just basically helping students to, you know, memorize the cross or the, the, the salida basica or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was helping students learn and um, from the very beginning, and that just kind of progressed mm -hmm. um, on. It just happened naturally. Yeah, it just kind of happened naturally. Mm -hmm. um, I think I started teaching private lessons after I took a break from school, uh, which was about a year later, a year and a half later. And um, and I was of course I was saying no like, I was like <laughs> no I don't I don't teach and certainly mm -hmm. not for money, um, but when people just kept asking, eventually mm -hmm. I started doing it and mm -hmm. that started compounding quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I was focusing more and more time and energy doing it, and it was what I wanted to do anyway. So. Yeah, nice. Um. Mm. I went to Buenos Aires after having danced tango for a year in Chicago, and 
I went for, I mean, the running joke was I went for five years. Mm-hmm. And I went for five weeks and then I ended up staying, <laughs> when I was there for five years, I said, but I stayed five years and when mm-hmm. I got to the 10-year mark, it was not funny anymore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> but I, I, I had a certain, you know, very little money. I went down with very little money because I was only going down for five weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, and, uh, and then there was the Coralito that happened where everybody lost their money. Right, and, right. And all of a sudden yeah. there was the devaluation and my dollars became much more. Mm-hmm. And so I could stay a little bit longer oh. and I started teaching English and kept asking myself, what am I doing? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, until there was just this crossover where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I think I always knew I was going to do it. Mm-hmm internally latently inside but the f- conscious mind active mm-hmm. like okay i'm really going to do this mm-hmm. that happened probably six months after i arrived mm-hmm. um and then yeah mm-hmm. was it scary to take that leap i had no idea what i was getting into mm-hmm. and it's probably better <laughs> that way <laughs> yeah. um so it was just seemed natural, mm-hmm. I guess. Also for Dominic as well, it just mm-hmm. seemed natural. A little scary. I yeah. was living in a foreign country and a continent I never really thought about going to and mm-hmm. speak the language when I arrived, but it was fine. Okay. Yeah. And you, Dominic, you came to this in college, so you I take it you probably weren't majoring in tango. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What was I? I was majoring in, uh, in uh, Latin languages. Mm. I was studying Spanish and Italian. And but it was also doing like psychology, philosophy, and uh, and was trying to move towards physics. But um, I don't know that didn't come until later mm-hmm. to like really get more interested in that. But um, uh, yeah, I couldn't really find a focus of what I wanted to work on in in, mm-hmm. in university. And then tango was actually the first thing that sort of took all of my different interests and combine it into one activity and kind of focused me all right it. yeah nice good so good i ended up majoring in tango <laughs> <laughs> someday yeah. we'll have you know a major mm-hmm. major in tango <laughs> yeah Good. So, uh, uh, kind of uh, keeping in line with uh, teaching experiences, you've probably, you know, by now worked with many, many different students. And there's that old saying: the teacher's best teachers are are the students. So, what have what have your teach uh, what have your students taught you? What a question! Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Mm-hmm. I I can't remember who's saying this. I think it was we were talking to Gustavo um, mm-hmm. and. He said, if they had any idea how much we learned from them, you know, we'd have to pay them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it's immense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned teaching by doing. It's mm-hmm. really, I don't know if I was completely prepared to really teach when I started, but I threw myself into it. And I have an inquisitive mind, I think, as most teachers generally do, mm-hmm. and capacity for observation. And, and then they show you mm-hmm. what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking about this today actually. Um, mm-hmm. That the the process of learning tango is such a rich process, and on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if you're learning quickly and intensively, <clears throat> you go through so many phases and stages very very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, I wish I had documented all these all these stages because sometimes I forget what it felt like mm-hmm. to to be learning something for the first time and that's what students will remind me 
mm-hmm. of like the magic and the the splendor yeah. of learning something for the first time and and uh and then just reminding yourself like yeah this is magical like this is amazing that <laughs> we, it's all muscle memory to us now but mm-hmm. like no when it was new this is this mm-hmm. was like a, an epiphany mm-hmm. and so um going back to those various stages and experiencing them again with the students mm-hmm. um, actually teaches me a lot about um the quality that we put into the dance mm-hmm. and where that quality comes from when you first acquire it mm-hmm. it's lovely to watch you maybe your students on the dance floor dancing and trying to figure things out and it's very darling to see all those processes mm-hmm. happening and how we connect to them again yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like yeah it's like it's like hopping into a time machine almost just right reliving <laughs> reliving your your own experiences good good just kind of moving on now to to other uh, dancing topics how do you how do you continue to challenge yourselves to to improve I, t- I take lots of feedback. Okay. I take lots of feedback, um, and I, I try not to limit the amount of feedback that I can, uh, that I absorb. Mm-hmm. I just kind of try to absorb as much as I can, um, and like most of my feedback that I'm getting nowadays is by practicing with Kara, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm taking a lot of time to listen to her feedback, how things feel from her perspective, and you know trying to come up with new ways that I can improve, or um, or assimilate the ways that she's suggesting mm. that I could change something. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things become easier to change with time and some things become more challenging with time because mm-hmm. you get used to the way you do something or you have an idea about something and um, if you identify with it, then it can be very difficult to change. But I think all change is, uh, is progress in some way. Mm-hmm. If you can uh, include more you just become a, a better dancer, better artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it's the same for probably all artists now that you never feel that you arrive anywhere, really, because the moment we do, we, we die. Mm-hmm. There's no search, no? So staying humble is extremely important. Um, and being open to receive from the mirror that is the other person with whom we're dancing with. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Dominic are starting our partnership pretty recently. And right. So getting acclimated to a new body and to new impulses and, you know, um, different ways of leads and follows and allowing ourselves to feel different sensations and not knowing, even when we know we know so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that place, that vulnerable place of not knowing and saying, okay, I'm open to not knowing, mm-hmm. um, available to not knowing out there performing. Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, I find that actually exciting and a little scary too, but, mm-hmm. but a positive thing for growth. And, um, and yeah, just observing, observing ourselves and pushing ourselves. I think the biggest challenges are, because you know that the technique works or you, you know that if there are no secrets and mm-hmm. you can get information and you can practice it 5,000 times and that'll get into your nervous system. Mm-hmm. But we dance as we are. So if I really want to achieve a, a quality in my dance, let's say mm-hmm. elegance, for example, or yeah. profundity, or then, then I have to work on that myself. Mm. Right. I don't see how I could achieve that in my body physically without actually like having the the I don't know how to explain it the essence of it the essence of it behind backing it up thank you yeah 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 Yeah. so uh, it's kind of along those lines what's um what's something new that you learned recently I mean this is a 
dance with just infinite number of layers and even though yeah Cara, <laughs> i remember seeing you raising your hand <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm learning for the first time mm-hmm. how to take a small small step <laughs> oh, okay dominic's paradigm is the whole paradigm of, of small steps for me and, oh. and i don't know mm-hmm. i think a lot of women tend to walk backwards and take these sort of gargantuan steps mm-hmm. or we just have a program that we don't want the guy to fall on top of us or whatever so we want it or for whatever reason yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah small steps is um is the new is the new thing the okay new mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um i'd say for me uh leading follower cicadas with a good prep step a good uh-huh. preparation step Rather than just sticking out my leg and, and <laughs> saying cicada that one, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't say that that's new because I've been working on it for for some years now. <laughs> but I feel like I've recently been making some headway. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love asking this question. The answers are always great. And plus, it gives the listeners a chance to know that you know, as teachers, you know a lot, but you're still you're still learning yourselves and it's not like you know the high school teacher who's been there for 20 years who's reading off the same notes and teaching the same thing it's it's constantly evolving so yeah <laughs> yeah so talking about performances now um what was your first performance like oh boy you're giggling Kara. what was your first performance like <laughs> my first performance was very funny because mm-hmm. i was dancing with matias facio at the time okay living in Buenos Aires and I was also I think at the time taking classes with Roberto Arida okay and he was performing with Natasha at the time and they were performing that night at uh, Visha Malcolm like before Visha Malcolm became this big place I think I can't remember who was even organizing that night but mm-hmm. uh, they were going to perform and we were going to dance a couple of songs to open for them mm. whatever nice and we were so nervous <laughs> We arrived to the milonga, and Matias was saying, you know, let's dance, let's dance. And I said, yeah, sure, let's dance. And so we danced, I think, at 11 p.m., which, as you know, Mm -hmm. is pretty much before the milonga even starts. Right. So by the time everybody arrived, they were, what? You already danced? (laughs) Even Roberto was, you know, a little bit confused, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was just pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Dominic? Uh, my first my first performance was in Eugene. Hmm. Um, I think I think this was shortly after I had gotten back from my first trip to BA, and and I was performing with Rebecca Rorick Smith, um, who's uh. who's uh, actually a really close mutual friend between me oh, and Cara, nice. <laughs> and um, I was super excited because um, I was I mean to dance with Rebecca was a huge honor mm-hmm. and um and it was it was really fun we you know all my friends were there from school and from my opening tango classes oh nice uh I must have been in, like I guess I must have been 19 18 19 wow yeah. oh man <laughs> yeah um yeah it was fun we danced three songs uh, I had a blast. Um, I think I, I think at the time I thought I did a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> did you videotape it? Yeah, it's 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 on the internet somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I'd like to see it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember that my shirt, the shirt that I was wearing was several sizes too big. Mm. Um, and, and I remember leading at least one Volcata. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. It was, <laughs> that was big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Memories. Memories. Yeah. Good, good. So how did you two come to team up? I think it was a sort of, um, a slow coming together. No? Fuego lento. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw Dominic many years ago. I guess it was the first time maybe you came to Buenos Aires. The first time, yeah. And I was teaching at Ma- um, Tango, Brujo. Tango Brujo with Matias, and I saw him in a class. And I remember <laughs> seeing seeing you, Dominic, and saying, wow, this guy's going to dance really well. This guy's dance as well already. Mm-hmm. He's going to dance really well. And, and then we, you know, Tango's a small world, and we saw each other. And then when I was dancing with Javier, we mm-hmm. could get together, and maybe in a city, and get together with... Dominic and, and Jenna, Jenna maybe in practice yeah. okay pass some steps mm-hmm. to each other and and then seeing it and I always really enjoy dancing with with you and so um, this this year in Buenos Aires we crossed over um, we were able to get together and practice and yeah, in February this year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then well, I thought he lived in Portland, so just forget it. Whenever I come to Portland to visit my father, my father lives there. Oh, okay. Then I could maybe do something with him, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, the other side of the world. And, and then he said, no, I'm coming to, to Europe. So I said, come to Berlin. That's where I live. And, yep. and then everything kind of just worked out, and we went to the Portland Tango Festival, which happened last right. weekend, and now he's moving to Berlin. So. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So w- what are some future projects you're working on? Choreographies. Mm. <laughs> Choreographies, mm-hmm. putting yeah. together. It's such a beginning stage right now that we're in the process of oh, figuring okay. out who we are. Mm-hmm. So it's not a p- moment where we're necessarily taking that product and putting it out into the world mm-hmm. or anything like that. We don't even we're in the laboratory. We're in the laboratory. In the lab. We don't have a web page. We, we're completely mm-hmm. uh, in early stages. But okay. It's also a stage of a lot of possibility. And, okay. Yeah. Exciting, mm-hmm. exciting time. So uh, I know you said you don't have a web page just yet, but how would we find out more information on you if we just couldn't wait and had to had to know and go online? I let's see. I guess you could find some information about me on pdxtango.com. pdxtango.com. Um, right. And you can the, also find yeah. us on Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you both so much for for taking the time. I think the listeners will really uh, really enjoy and they'll they'll get a lot thank of so good information out of it. Great. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, that was another fun interview I got to do in person. And as always, there was a lot of good stuff to ponder. Dance with the person in front of you. That's sound advice for Ankara. Like she said, every person we dance with is going to be different. Everyone moves differently. Everyone has different personalities. And we'll have to adjust our dancing to suit that person, and they'll have to adjust to accommodate us as well. There's no one-size-fits-all method. Dancing tango well means we'll have to make the effort to work with others. And I also liked what Dominic said about being an effective teacher, in that when working with students, he's reminded of what it was like in the early stages of his own tango journey. And I'd like to add to that, if you're listening to this podcast and have been dancing tango for, say, less than three years, take a moment to really enjoy where you are. 
every epiphany, as Dominic describes it, every new discovery, it's really special at this stage. Now, I know you're hungry to get better, and you will, and dancing tango at an advanced level is super fun, but I'd argue there is something very special about being a novice, and as you move forward with your tango, there will be days when you'll miss being a beginner. You'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. All right, then. Thank you again, Kara and Dominic, for your insights, sharing your own personal stories, and for your time. And to all of you listeners, thank you again so much for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoyed this program and you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, it would mean the world to me if you could go to any one or all three of those platforms Leave a five-star rating, a positive review, and remember to subscribe. It only takes a minute, but does a lot to help more people find this podcast. Now, on SoundCloud, I don't think they have stars. There's just that little heart button uh, next to the track. It's pretty easy to spot. Just give that a click, and you're good to go. And, of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes on Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.